Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Luke Gerlach with ThinkChat, and this is confession number 97. And welcome to our seventh week of our Getting Personal with Inquiry Learning Book Club. This fabulous book by Kath Murdoch has stretched our capability of thinking about personal inquiry learning. And this episode, we're going to explore how to document, reflect, assess, and share our process so we're able to take meaningful action, which are sections 3.6 and 7 in the book. So before we get started, we have to give a big thank you to Ragini, who moderated our session this week, and she helped us to dive in wholeheartedly. She's a true delight. If you haven't engaged with her on social media, and we're just so grateful that she shared her insight and talents with us. Now, this week, uh, Ragini has been an ultimate risk taker because she's quite comfortable observing and discussing deeply in breakout rooms, ideas. And this is the first time I've seen her moderate a session. And ah, it was just so wonderful to see her come alive. And we couldn't have done it without you. Also, a big thanks to Kath Murdoch herself, who joined our book club after a full day of travel and teaching. And she hopped on after 9 o'clock p.m. her time to join um, in for a few conversations. And we're just so grateful that um, you took the time and effort to join us. So now let's get into this section of the book about documenting, reflecting, and assessing. Now, as an inquiry teacher, I'm always seeking ways where I can give a learning engagement that's also reflective, that's also assessing what I'm trying to get to the heart of from my learners. I like getting more bang for my buck. Since time is so short in the school day, I'm trying to find um, a, excellent tools that are gonna help me to do more things and less activities. Does that make sense? Less doing. And Kath suggests that the three elements of documenting, reflecting, and assessing are intertwined. In the act of documenting learning, for example, we become to understand more about what the learner's thinking, which prompts us to reflect and subsequently consider new possibilities and pathways for their learning. That makes sense. So how is it that she's able to take these ideas that are rattling around in my brain and capture them so beautifully in print? This is half the joy of reading this book is the language in which she articulates herself. And there are so many possibilities of documenting the personal inquiry. But Cass reminds us to make sure that recording the learning should never compromise the learning itself. Ideally, the documentation contributes to and is part of the process. That makes sense. Um, how are we giving that back to the learner so that it becomes a natural flow of the process? And sometimes I think we feel an overwhelming need to monitor and document everything that's being produced. And this can be quite taxing on ourselves as well as our learners. And remember, documentation can be, as Kath provides, this list of photos, videos, handwritten notes, shared digital documents, drawings, diagrams, artworks, and voice recordings, and so much more. And this documentation is about making the learning visible. That is the key. And one of my favorite examples of how to document data um, and evidence is the triple entry journal. 
Kath provides an example on page 138. Quite simply, it's a running reflection that answers these three questions or these three categories, I should say. So there is a column for date and then recount, reflect, and plan. Um, that's how that goes. And under recount, you simply respond, what did I do today? Right? What are the facts? What did I do? But under reflect, which I think is so beautiful, there's a choice menu. How did I learn? What worked well? What was challenging? How did I feel? And then under plan, what is my next steps? Or my next step, sorry. And can I just tell you how much I love these? Because I feel like it goes back to the main idea of yesterday. How are we leaving that power with our learner, right? How's it remaining with them? And they're in this process, they're doing all the thinking and planning and reflecting. And I love this. And here are some tools that Kath has put together to guide this process. On page 139, she gives us a lot of sentence starters for reflection that go beyond that retail and comprehension. Really get to the nitty and gritty, as we say. Pages 140 and 141, she provides some visual organizers to scaffold reflection and help organize thinking throughout the inquiry. Who doesn't love that? I'm sorry. Uh -huh. That would be, I, I'm loving it. 142, some visible thinking routines that are her favorites and other tools for ref capturing reflection. If it's a Kath Murdoch recommended one, you think I'm going to be paying attention? Hello. All right. 143, a choice board to assess independent thinking. That's the goal that we want. Independence, right? And here's a choice board of how you can show that independence. More than likely going to be aligned with the IB's approaches to learning. Ding, ding, ding. I think we have a winner. And then finally, page 145, um, Dylan Williams' strategies for formative assessment. So when we are guiding our learners, we need to collaborate also with our peers to calibrate what we're looking for when we document, reflect, and assess. And Kath suggests having a shared understanding of what we're looking and listening for alongside an attitude of openness to the unexpected makes for authentic, transparent assessment. Love that. And by having a shared understanding, it shapes what we're looking for as we engage with our learners. It guides what we will document and bring back to our colleagues to assess. And on page 150, Kath provides a protocol for collaborative inquiry into the learning progress, which outlines each step of this calibration. Genius, right? No ambiguity there. I'm loving it. And one idea that I've not used is paired interviews that she has on this list. And Kath says that at the end of a personal inquiry, before or after learners have shared their learning with others, learners can team up to interview each other about the experience. And personally, I really like the idea of hosting the interview before the sharing. So they're not focused so much on the product, but the process they've gone through. And this will make it easier because they've talked through it with a partner. They'll have those ideas that they can 
naturally roll off their tongue when they share with the rest of the class or a small group later. And on pages 148 and 49, there's some reflection sheets for early years, as well as elementary age students on how to basically participate in this process. Genius. All right, so sharing and taking action. Cass starts right off the gate, she says, enabling even our youngest learners with the belief that they can take action to bring about change is surely one of the most significant purposes of schooling in the 21st century. <gasps> Love that. Love that. And while reading this quote, my mind reeled through different children that have inspired me with their actions. And there's some people that have taken action that you know, while others you don't. So when I'm thinking of um, change agents that were young when they made these changes, like Malala, as we know, um, she's the youngest Nobel Peace Prize laureate ever for standing up for educational rights for, of girls in Pakistan. And at 15 years old, while she was advocating for these rights, someone shot her, right? While she was in the midst of an angry mob. And she, thankfully she survived, but she put herself at risk at 15 years old. Greta Thunberg, we know she's a climate and um, environmental advocate and av activist. And at 16 years old, she addressed the United Nations about the seriousness of climate change. I don't know many children being able to go to the UN. That's pretty impressive. Maybe the model of UN, but not the real one, right? Thomas Suarez. This boy's like, ah, the next Bill Gates. He is an app creator and innovator. And at 12 years old, he created apps because he was curious on how they worked and then ended up creating a club teaching other children how to code to create their own apps. Jasmine Roberts, for a science fair project, she tested ice for major fast food restaurants in the United States. And she found that 70% of the water specimens in the ice machines were dirtier than the toilets. <clears throat> At 12 years old, she shared her journey on Oprah's couch. These are everyday learners who saw a need and filled it. How did they do it? They had parents, educators, and community members that saw their passion and set the conditions for it to turn into action. To create those conditions, we can begin by asking so what questions. Kath reminds us the implications of this deceptively simple question can leave us um, feelings uh, with feelings both inspired and decidedly uncomfortable. Here's some of her so what questions that can be found on page 151. So what has this all been for? Oof. So what does this all mean? So what might you do with this that would be helpful to others? All of those are questions that are spurring on towards action. And Kath quotes Michelle Martin, a teacher that she's engaged with, which sums up our purpose in taking action beautifully. Michelle says, it's about giving kids a say, a choice. 
letting them dive into something that they're really deeply passionate about for their own selves, in their own lives, or for the greater good of the community or even their family. It's about what they really want to do in their heart. So they need to see that we're invested in it as they are. And then they want to do it. They want to act. It's not, I want to do this for my teacher. I want to do this for myself. But they, the adults, have got my back. And what can we do to support action daily? Kath has many suggestions that you can read more about and in depth on pages 153, 154, and 158. My favorite is an entire page of ways to make a contribution. It's almost like this big page of a wordle where the big ideas that are most relevant or prevalent um, are bolded and stand out. And to share with our peers and provide feedback, Kath has given many examples on pages 154 to 57. No surprise, she has some amazing questions and exit tickets that spark the reflection while sharing feedback. Well, my friends, that's a lot. I don't know about you. Um, that's a lot for my little brain. Be sure to join us for the next episode when we unpack section four. See you there.